You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. How is everybody doing at the 10 a.m. service? We're going to welcome to our online family as well. So great to have you all uh, joining us today. I am completing, finishing, rounding off part four in the series we've been doing called Sounds Familiar. And I'm really excited about the word that I have got for all of you today. Would you join me in praying as we um, get started? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you for every person watching online. I thank you that your presence is there with them in their homes. Lord God, right now, as we turn our attention toward your word, Lord, I just pray that it would come alive to us once again. Would you take something that's a little familiar, a little well-known, and would you help us to see it with fresh eyes? We ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, there is a scene in the Pixar animated movie, The Incredibles, that I wanna share with you today, where Mrs. Incredible, aka Elastigirl, is in a dark and scary cave with her superhero children. And she is just about to leave them alone in that cave so that she can go off and rescue her husband, her superhero husband, Mr. Incredible, who's been caught up with some bad guys. But before she leaves her children, she says these last words to them. She says, your identity is your most valuable possession, protect it. Your identity is your most valuable possession, protect it. I wonder how many of us today have forgotten just how valuable our identity is. See, we are growing up, we are living right now in a society where the generation that's coming through is at the greatest risk of not understanding their God-given identity because they are living in a society who is struggling to remember who they are. They're a society of what I would call mistaken identity, but they are not the only ones who are dealing with this struggle. They're not the only ones with a case of mistaken identity. No, in fact, time and time again through Scripture, you actually see moments where God calls someone to a plan and a purpose And that person answers the call with a question. Do you know what that question was? Who am I? Who am I? When God sparked a bush to begin burning and speak to Moses about the mission God had for him, that he was gonna be the one that would lead God's people to freedom. Do you know how Moses answered? He said, who am I? He said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? When the prophet Samuel anointed a man named Saul to be Israel's very first king, do you know how Saul answered that? He said, he said, am I not a Benjamite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is my clan of the, not, is my, isn't my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why have you spoken to me in this way? You know what Paul, what Saul was saying when he said this? He was saying, I am not who you think that I am. When God called Gideon, who was hiding in a wine press, to lead God's warriors, to lead God's army into a seemingly impossible victory over the Midianites, do you know how Gideon responded to that call? He said, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. What's he saying? He's saying, who am I? Who am I? When God spoke to a man named Jeremiah, 
and he called him out as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah answered by saying, I don't know how to speak for I am only a youth. Jeremiah is saying the person who you see is not the person I am. Each and every one of them had a case of mistaken identity. And I wonder how many of you today might be able to say that there have been seasons and moments in your life, maybe even as you sit here right now, as you watch on your screen right now, where you would say that you have forgotten who you are. In fact, some of you have let your past mistakes define you and tell you who you are. Some of you have let your family background or a generational issue tell you who you are. Others, you're letting social media tell you who you are. Some are letting what someone else did to you define you. Maybe for you, it's a wave of popular opinion, a wave of political correctness that's beginning to tell you who you are. New societal norms are beginning to define who you think you are. Even who we think we are, some of us are letting that define us. Do you know that the enemy knows that if he can have you questioning your identity, he can keep you questioning, your, doubting your purpose. Because as long as we are stuck asking the question, who am I, who am I, who am I? We will never be able to step free into the, and fulfill the purposes and the plans that God has for your life. Think back to what happened when Jesus was baptised. Jesus went down under the water being baptised by John the Baptist and as he came up, a dove came down from heaven and it rested on him and a voice from heaven spoke. Do you know what it said? The voice said, this is my son. It was a moment that established Jesus' identity in front of everybody who was watching. And then Jesus went from the water and he went straight into the wilderness where another voice spoke over him. This time the voice of the devil. And do you know what that voice says? It said, if you really are the son of God. It was questioning the very identity that had just been established in him. Because the enemy knew that if he could get Jesus questioning his identity, he could have him questioning everything. Questioning God. God's presence, questioning God's purposes, questioning God's promises, questioning everything. But I have come to you today with a mission and a purpose in mind. I wanna remind you of who you are. And I'm gonna do it through a passage of Scripture that's super familiar to us. In fact, it's so familiar, I think sometimes we stop believing it. It's uh, Psalm 139. We're gonna read from verse 13. Where it says, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made, wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, you saw my, me in, when I was formless all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Friend, this is who you are. This is who you are, created, fashioned, shaped, formed, purposed, planned, predestined, preordained, seen, known, designed, a remarkable work. That is who you are. 
I wanna take a moment to just take a second look at some of these verses because there's some stuff I've discovered in them that I think you need to know. The first thing is this. It's in your notes there. You can find them on the app. The first thing is this. God created you with redemption in mind. God created you with redemption in mind. Verse 13, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That word created is from the word kana. Kana means possession or redeemed or purchased. He didn't just create you. He created you with redemption in mind. When our oldest son Judah was about five years old, uh, we were at home one day and I had done some baking which was quite the event in our house because I don't bake. So it was very exciting. I had baked some chocolate chip cookies. And uh, as you do, because you have to do it, whenever you bake chocolate chip cookies, you've got to have one or two straight out the oven, don't you? While they're still warm and a little bit soft inside. So Judah and I, we had a cookie each. And then he said to me, can I have another one? And I said, oh, nobody, it's too close to dinner time. So he went away and then, was not too much longer, I was sitting at the dinner table and he came up to me and he had a little tear in his eyes and his lip was beginning to quiver and I said, buddy, what's the matter? He said, mummy, do you know when you told me that I couldn't have another cookie? I said, yeah. He said, I took two. (laughs) And I ate them. I said, oh, this is very serious. We agreed that he needed to apologize and that he would not be allowed to have any dessert after dinner. So he went away. <laughs> Five minutes later, he came back and he had his little money bag with his pocket money in it. All $3.75. And he tipped it out on the table and he said, Mummy, you can have this because I don't deserve it. I am too bad. After I had stifled a few giggles, I turned to him and I said, bud, I want you to keep your pocket money. Do you know why? He said, no. I said, because it may be what you did, but it is not who you are. And some of you need to hear that today. It may be what you did, but it is not who you are. Did you know that from the very beginning, He created you with a plan to redeem you? To redeem means to purchase, to buy back, to put back to its original intent. You see, before we even turned our backs on God, before we even went our own way and made mistakes, before we made that decision that put events in our life into motion, before even that moment, God had already predestined that He would one day redeem you and bring you back to the original plan He had for your life. That means that when you were being formed, when He was creating you, when He designed you, He knew that you and I at some point would have the tendency to attempt to try and allow our our mistakes and our past to define us. 
He knew that at some point in our journey, we would try and let the things we've done tell us who we are. And so what he did was he determined from the very beginning that you would not be defined by your mistakes. Oh no, he wrote it into your DNA that you would be defined by his redemption plan. You are a beloved child, purchased, saved, forgiven and set free for the glory of God. He didn't just create you, friend. He created you with redemption in mind. The second thing we've got to notice in this passage of Scripture is that only the one who made you can tell you who you are. That's so important for us to understand today. Only the one who made you can tell you who you are, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. There's another word in that verse that I wanna highlight, and it's the word inward. Inward is from the word kilia. Kilia means the mind or your interior self. See, God didn't just create the outward shell that you walk around in. He didn't just make your physical body. He didn't just determine the color of your eyes, the way your hair was gonna be. He didn't just decide and design the color of your skin or the shape of your nose. No, He made who you are. He created the innermost parts of you. He created all those things in you, your likes, your dislikes, your tendencies and your mannerisms, all the things that make you you. He designed it, He fashioned it, He made it. Our youngest son, Rocky, likes to dress up. He likes to dress up in costumes of characters. He will dress up every single day. He dresses up as Spider-Man, as Superman, as Iron Man, as Peter Pan. Where's Wally? We have a Where's Wally costume, how's that? He dresses up as anybody. But listen, he doesn't just dress up as the character. He also creates a costume for the alias too. So there's two for every character that he has. There are two costumes to go alongside it. He, look, look, he will just dress up as anybody but himself. And we play along, don't we? We pretend that we don't know who he is. Oh, oh, who's this in our house today? Where's Rocky gone? And time and time again, we've been able to fool him into thinking that his, his uh, costume was a true success and that we really had no idea who he was. Little does he know that there is not a costume in our toy box that would ever convince us that anyone inside, that he was anyone inside that costume other than Rocky. Why? Because he's my child and I know him. I know him. How many of us though are simply grown up versions of Rocky? where somewhere along the way, we have begun to believe a lie that who we are is not okay. And that it would be better for us to be anyone other than ourselves. Listen to me now. Only the one who made you can tell you who you are. Only the one who created the innermost parts of you can define who you are, not your feelings. Oh no, your identity does not come from what you feel like. Not culture. Culture can't tell you who you are. Not your mistakes. 
Your mistakes have no power or authority to define you. Not others. Other people cannot tell you who you are. You can't even tell you who you are because only the one who made you has the authority to do that. He created the innermost parts of you. For it was you who created my inmost parts. You knit me. Knit means to cover, to hedge in, to protect, to defend. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Verse 14 says this, it says, I praise you, I confess, I give thanks, for I am remarkably, that word remarkably means to stand in awe, because that's the kind of creation you are. I am remarkably and wondrously made. The next thing I wanna tell you today is this, being your true self is only possible in relationship with the one who made you. Being your true self is only possible in relationship with the one who made you. That word wondrously, it's from the word pala, which means to be distinct, to be marked out, to be separated or distinguished, to be set apart. Did you know that even before you were born, you were made to be set apart? There is nothing ordinary, run-of-the-mill, standard, boring, or blasé about you. You are, a, you are wondrously made. For I am a remarkable, and I'm remarkably and wondrously made. Listen to this next line. It says, your works are wondrous. I know this very well. Let's pause on that word for just a moment longer. Wondrous. Wondrous obviously is from the same root word as the word wondrously that we've just looked at. Only when it's used the second time, it's actually used slightly differently. It's got a slightly different angle on it and I wanna draw it to your attention. This time when it's used, when it's referring to God's works, that's you, that's you and me being distinct and set apart, it ups the ante on it this time. It's saying that that distinction, that that distinguished mark that's on you, that He created in you, that makes you so different, that makes you so unique and set apart, that distinguished part of you, it's very hard to achieve. Not everybody can achieve that. It's, it's in fact, it's so difficult to achieve such a distinguished mark that it would take something miraculous the qualities that God has placed in you to cause you to become set apart, to make you stand out, they are something that only a God who can do the impossible could do. You are an only God creation. It is the very same word, that word wondrous, is the very same word that's used in Genesis 18 verse 14. When God gives a promise to a 90 year old barren woman and he tells her that she's gonna bear a son. Like that's a pretty hard miracle to conjure up, isn't it? It says, is there anything too difficult, too wonderful for the Lord? At the appointed time when the season for her delivery comes, I will return to you and Sarah will have a son. Is there anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord? You know, I've seen it so much where people get told, oh, be who you wanna be. Be who you wanna be. Be what feels right to you. Be who you feel like being, which 
you could do, and we're seeing a generation of people doing, but there's something in this verse. There's something in this verse that tells me that actually being my authentic self can only come when I know the God of the impossible because our authentic selves, our true selves, who we really are, is not something that can be manufactured. It can't be manipulated. It's not something that you and I can achieve in our own might and in our own strength. No, our true selves is something we can only be if we partner, if we get into relationship with the God of the impossible, because you are an only God creation. You are an only God creation. Only He can take your pain and make it into purpose. Only He can take your mess and make it your message. Only He can take something that is full of ashes and give it life and beauty. Find your true self in the miracle working God who designed you in the first place. He designed you in the first place. Number four, the final thing that I wanna say to you today is that God's plan for you is bigger than your mistakes. God's plan for you is bigger than your mistakes. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Verse 16 says, your eyes saw, saw me when I was formless. All, the, all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. There's an interesting thing that we've got to note about that word book. All my days were written in your book. We've got to know this about this word book. It means a written order, a commission, a written decree, a binding document. Did you know that God's thoughts about you and His plans for your life are not scribbled into a scrappy notebook on His bedside table? The plans that God has for you are not a doodle on a cafe napkin as God was sipping on his latte. They are not a, we may never see this happen, but no idea is a bad idea brainstorm that God was having with the angels one day. No, no, no. Your life, the plans and the purposes that he has for you is a predetermined, preordained, thoroughly thought through, written order and decree commissioned into a binding document, which means that the plan that God has for your life is bigger than you could ever mess up. Remember what we learned at the very beginning about being created for redemption? You know, sometimes I think that often we think that if we hop off the road and we go off-roading for a season of our journey, Maybe we decide to go our own way, we make some mistakes, we mess it up and we end up off the path that God has for us. I often think that too many times we give up and we think that God has then called off the road trip. We're no longer allowed to go anymore. And so we're left wandering aimlessly for the rest of our days with no purpose. No. God has placed a GPS of redemption inside of you. And He put it there while He was creating and designing you. And that GPS of redemption, it will always take you back to the path that God has for you. God will always open up a road so that you can get back on track and join the journey again. The band can come and join me now.
There are a number of places in Scripture where God changes someone's name. He changes their name. Abram, which means exalted father, became Abraham, the father of nations. Sarai became Sarah, noble woman of royal standing. Jacob became Israel. He went from being a deceiver to being devout. Simon was renamed Peter by Jesus when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And Saul became Paul through a radical conversion when he became a follower of Christ. What was happening here? What was God trying to say in this moment? He was trying, by changing their name, He was trying to teach them who they were. They'd forgotten who they were. And He was trying to reestablish in them who He had defined them to be. And do you know that once they discovered who they were, do you know what they did? Do you know what they did when they realised who they were? They went on to father and birth a nation that was set apart for the Lord. They fathered a generational line that became the generational line of Jesus the Christ, the Saviour of the world. They became the very first disciples of Jesus who birthed the early church, the very reason we stand where we are today. They spread the Gospel, they preached, they taught, they performed miracles, and they now sit in that great cloud of witnesses that we look to time and time again as heroes of our faith. I need you to know this today. Your identity is inseparable from your destiny. Your identity is inseparable from your destiny. Oh, if you only knew who you were. If you only knew who you were, if you only knew that you are a child of God, you are a branch of the true vine, a conduit of Christ's life. You are a friend of Jesus. Oh, if you only knew if you only knew that you were justified, redeemed, forgiven, no longer a slave to sin, but set free from the power of sin and death. If you only knew that you were an heir with Christ, you are accepted by Christ, you are called to be a saint. Oh, did you know that your body is a temple, that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you? Did you know that you are a new creation? You are righteous through the righteousness of Christ, blameless, chosen, holy before God. Did you know that you are blessed and seated in heavenly places? You are alive in Christ. You are God's workmanship, a partaker of the promise, a citizen of heaven, raised up with Christ, made complete in Christ. Oh, if you only knew who you were, You would never doubt the destiny that is on your life if you only knew that your identity was your most valuable possession. You'd protect it, protect it. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank You that every single person in this room and online is created, shaped, formed by You, a miracle-working God. I thank You that they are an only God creation. And I thank You that their past cannot define them. I thank You that other people cannot define them. 
I thank You, Lord, that society and the world cannot tell them who they are. I thank You that they are called of God. They are a child of God. They are set free, redeemed, purchased, bought back for the purposes and the plans that You have for them. And right now, I just wanna speak to those people where as you're sitting here today, you've realised you've let something or someone define you other than your Creator. Right now, I just wanna speak to you. And I wanna declare over your life that you are no longer what they said you were. They are no, you are no longer what you've become to define yourself as. You are no longer what your mistakes have defined you as. You are no longer what that person did to you. You are no longer what that person said about you. You are a child of God, created with redemption in mind for purposes and a plan that is bigger than anything you could conjure up. God, I thank You. I thank You that regardless of where we've wandered to, You have placed something in the DNA of who we are that would draw us back to You. And right now, I just wanna take a moment and I wanna speak to those people who you would say today that you are far from God. Maybe you've come to church today and it's your first time in church or maybe you're walking back in this building after a long time. Or maybe you haven't been away from the building, but you've been away from God in your heart. Maybe you're watching today and it's your first time and you'd say, Bex, I just, I feel like I've just wandered off the path. I've just gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I'm doing, you know, I've made some mistakes and I don't know how to get back. I'm gonna help you today because God loves you. He loves you and He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. But our sin, our mess ups, our mistakes, that wandering off, the Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God, but in His mercy and grace, God so desired to be in relationship with you that He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and live a life, a sinless life on earth, but to die a sinner's death and take, pay the debt that you and I would do for our sin. And He paid it all so that we could be reconciled to God, that we could live out His purposes and His promises in our life today and join Him in eternity. And I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And I want you, if you're saying, Bex, that's me, count me in. You're speaking straight to me. I want you to pray this prayer. Just pray it in your heart, but really make it your own. Are you ready? Come on, we say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. I choose today to give my life to you. Would you come in? Make me brand new today. I give my life over to you now and I ask that you would be my Lord and my Saviour. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' Name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed. I wanna take one more moment. Don't let praying that prayer be the only step you take. I'd love to be able to acknowledge that you prayed that prayer with us. In the room and online, you can do this too. In just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And I'm not gonna call you to the front. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up or embarrass you. I'm just gonna simply ask you to stick up your hand when I count to three. I'll see it, I'll acknowledge it. You can pop it straight back down. Online, there's a little button you can push. It says, I raise my hand. We'd love for you to push that button. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Hands going up now. Awesome, I see you. 
I see you as well. Yeah, I see you. Yes, over here, I see you in front of the sun. Right down the back, I see both of you. Awesome, I see you. I can see you down there. Anybody else, you're saying, Bex, would you count me in? I've got one online, I can see you. Anybody else, you're saying, Bex, I prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe coming back to God. Yeah, I can see you down the back. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome, Father, I thank you that you're a God who can take something broken and you can make it whole. And I thank you for every single person that has said yes to Jesus today. And right now we celebrate with all of heaven as a party goes off right now. Come on church, would you join in heaven and celebrate today? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz